All right. Awesome. We're live. Hey, everybody. This is Jeff. I'm back on the MCU's Bleeding Edge. Well, I shouldn't say back on because this is my first ever um, live stream slash video here on YouTube underneath this channel. And I've got with me Perry Ramsey, the host of Off Topic, a podcast that you can find um, across any platform, basically, that, that distributes mm -hmm. podcasts. And um, Perry, if you want to, you know, kind of just maybe, you know, delve into your podcast quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, my podcast is essentially uh, it's off topic. And uh, the basis of it is that I have a new guest on um, every episode. Um, I try to find like interesting people that I, I can have a conversation with. And I try not to make it too much like an interview, like a straight on interview, just asking them questions to get like few word answers. I like to make it into a conversation and that's, that's where I think it's unique and a lot of people can enjoy it. So if anybody's interested, definitely go check it out. You can like me on Facebook, facebook.com slash off topic pod. Um, it'd be really helpful to go check it out for me, even if you're only can listen for a few minutes, but it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And I think, uh, I think people can enjoy it if they check it out. Hey, I mean, I, I scrolled through um, some of your episodes earlier today and caught a couple minutes off of multiple episodes mm -hmm. just to get a feel for your show. And it's as, exactly as you said it is. You've got different guests in every episode. And, um, you know, uh, you I can definitely tell that you're trying to have a discussion. Um, yeah. You're not trying to have a straight up, you know, uh, niche interview or whatever you want right. you know, to say which is great. I mean, that's the same thing that yeah. I always try to look to do. Um, when I talk to guests about doing interviews, it, I'm always like, Hey, you know, that's, you know, I'm down, but like, mm -hmm. I'd rather just have like a collaboration. Right. You know what yeah, I mean? And that's, yeah. And that's, that's essentially what it comes down to. It's like, it, it just helps. Um, it helps everybody get to know the actual person instead of like, if they're promoting something, we talk about what they're promoting, but oh. it becomes a bigger discussion. Like we had a guy who he's a serial uh, entrepreneur. So he's has like five businesses, six businesses that he's run. And we were talking about how much time and effort that takes and how that kind of spreads yourself thin. And it became a bigger conversation about, do you focus on, do you open up all these businesses that you can like only focus like certain percentage of your time on or do you focus on one and kind of let others be run by other people and like that kind of like kind of take your hand off the wheel a little bit. So yeah. it becomes a lot of like those kind of discussions where it's, it's, it's talking about their central thing, but then kind of talking about uh, what it means beyond that, you know, or what, what kind of stress or happiness or both kind of come from it. So it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I've, <laughs> I've had a good time. Yeah. Doing no, uh, you know, I haven't had an opportunity yet to do a, uh, an interview or anything with like a, uh, like a straight businessman, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or businesswoman, you know, um, right. I've, I've bumped into some people like that online, but I just haven't connected yet with anyone, you know, right. um, and had a chance to, to do something like that along those lines, but I'd love to in the future. I yeah. have done, I have done a show with a, with like a, an entrepreneur, uh, of, of like the same type, you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, been in like, you know, 10 different categories of business and like right. you know, run companies kind of deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and his whole shtick was like, um, like, uh, he, like basically like, um, I'm trying to think of what his whole deal was. Basically he was, he, what his whole thing was, was, was like speaking, 
was like uh teaching you know um mm-hmm. like um you know uh with with like a with like a specific like direction towards sons like people's sons you know what okay. i mean like, you know how to instruct you know, you to like what to tell your sons right 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 okay you know what i mean that kind of deal yeah um but yeah i mean i noticed that you i mean i think it's very interesting what you're trying to do um it's a it's definitely a very um like unique kind of show um mm-hmm. and it, it's kind of something like i wanted to do when i first started but i just what i ran into was that i found it hard to like come up keep to keep coming up with the guests yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's definitely been uh it, that's that's honestly that's most of the work is oh it is emailing and like calling people or uh messaging them on whatever you find them on and uh that's honestly like most of the work is is getting the guests on the show and um it's definitely not easy and there's certain uh like sites that have helped i know we <laughs> like met on like matchmaker.fm and so it's like a tinder yeah, for podcasters information man i forgot i'm I'm gonna hit yeah. you up when we get off off show and everything and ask you some yeah. questions about where else you can set me up with so i can yeah. find <laughs> yeah it's and it, it it's only been like a few different sites and there's a uh, few people that i've like met that i knew outside of it and all i had to do was like message them on facebook and that was easier than like just a dry call basically um but you've actually but, got yeah. YouTubers to come on and stuff like that see i haven't done yeah. that yeah, and that that was emailing them just on their business uh, YouTube, like so, like on their page they have like their business inquiries kind of thing, and uh, some people answer, some people don't. Sure. Some people, yeah. So it's like some you hit and you miss, and <laughs> every once in a while, like the last guy I got, uh, he's a musician on YouTube, and yep. uh, yeah, I he, he was. I, I listened to that for a while. Yeah, he he was a really nice guy, and he was somebody that I've been watching for like five or six years, and uh, that was a really cool one. Um, and yeah, that was the vibe I, I got from the show. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh it's a lot of it's like a lot of cold calls and uh um basically an email and messaging and all that stuff. But yeah, that's definitely like ninety percent of the work. <laughs> well, I mean not to get too off topic from WandaVision, but what I find interesting to myself is that is 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 some of these other podcasters who seem to be like shocked or surprised that um that I prefer to uh, like have an open conversation and an open dialogue mm-hmm. vocally with my guests yeah. before I record anything or before mm-hmm. I plan a show, I yeah. actually want their input. You know what I mean? And like yeah. want to, you know, collaborate across the board, right. um, you know, not just throw them on my show and, you know, tell them what we're going to do and right. stuff like that, you know? Yeah. And they're kind of like, you know, they just, they, they're, you know, they're shocked or like kind of, don't understand the gist of that. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I don't know. To me, it just sounds organic. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's a lot of what my whole premise is, is that anytime I'm emailing somebody, I'm like, Hey, this is supposed to be like organic and conversational. And like, I'll ask you questions, but basically like take it whatever direction you want to go with. And we're going to like work with it. And we'll have some points here and there where I'll be like, Hey, I want to kind of talk about this or I want to kind of talk about that. But ultimately like you said, it's, it's a very organic conversation. I try to make it like that unless it starts to like not become entertaining anymore or something. <laughs> I think we have a lot in common in terms of like how we both approach this whole aspect of content creation. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that, like when it boils down to it, 
I think that we, we do our own thing in our own way, but I think right. that like, we're both kind of coming from the same place, create yeah. from, a, from a creation standpoint, um, yeah. you know, in terms of what we want to do, um, and how we want to go about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, on a personal level with people, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, yeah, for sure. and of course I think you probably would, would tell anybody just like I do from a logical standpoint, uh, just look at our situation. Having an actual conversation with somebody really does like uh, help create chem a, a chemistry yeah. during your recording that you just can't have otherwise. Right. Yeah, it, I mean? it definitely helps. Yeah, to have a uh, a rapport with somebody right. helps a lot because then you understand like where they're going or how they're talking and how they like go about speaking and telling about things and like it it just gives you a, a sense of where they're at and who they are kind of thing. Yeah, and it, and it allows you to to, to pick up some nonverbal cues and stuff like that that are mm -hmm. very helpful in mm -hmm. a podcast setting. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, you know, and I get, I mean, I guess some people just don't look at those little things. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But you know, me personally, I can handle just having somebody pop up on my show and just like cold cold call almost like right. one like that. You know what I mean? With you know, yeah. make up the structure of the show on my own and just like throw them in. Mm -hmm. but I mean, it's a little weird for me. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah. very impersonal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I've noticed that the people that I don't get to like talk to a little bit or have an email back and forth just to kind of like get their vibe or whatever it is. Um, if I don't get to talk to them too much beforehand, that first like five to 10 minutes is me just kind of like feeling them out a little bit, you know, <laughs> seeing, seeing what kind of like conversation we're going to have. And it does make it a little tougher for sure where it's, Oh, it sounds uh, stressful. Yeah, it can be. Yeah, for sure. I I've, I've grown like after a few times of like having to do that, um, you kind of have different like uh, strategies, like you develop like just kind of a natural strategy to, to try to like, okay, so if I want to ask them this, let's see, how I should go about it, you know, or if I want to get into this, do I go right into it? And a lot of it is just, okay, I'm going to have one point that I start off with right off the bat, like, Hey, this is what they're promoting. And then where they go from there is kind of like, that's the direction or, or that's the other way or whatever it is. So you're really um, working off, re off reactions. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of the reading. Um, there was the first two guys that I had on my podcast, like the first two episodes were people that I already knew. Mm -hmm. So that's where you can tell they're a little less like, Hey, so this is so-and-so and this is what they do. And this is where they're at. And it's like, Oh, Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? <laughs> like, kind yeah, of thing, you have know? that comfort level. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you and I just get along in general. I think that, mm -hmm. you know, like, uh, um, without, you know, I'm not trying to get all bromancy and shit, but like, you know, um, what it boils down to, I think that like, you know, just from our, our, our personal dialogue together, mm -hmm. I think that like, it wouldn't matter like, you know, where we were at geographically or like what mm -hmm. was going on or whatever, like you and I would just connect in general, you know what I yep. mean? Just because we have similar interests and, um, you know, just like WandaVision and like the MCU and stuff like that, you know, right. Yeah. We're both multi-layered people. Right. <laughs> you know, we don't, it's not like we're stuck on these topics and this is all we can do. Right. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, you know, I know that you're, that you're a lot more capable than just talking about the MCU. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. But this is fun. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so anyway, so, you know, so focusing on the, the matter at hand. Um, so basically everybody, I, I apologize to some of you out there who don't get a chance to see this live. 
Um, but unfortunately, this ended up being like a kind of a spontaneous thing that me and, and Perry threw together. And it just made, it made practical sense to to do this live and everything and whatnot and do it video wise as opposed to doing it just audio. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, we want to be able to actually delve into WandaVision episode five. And unfortunately, when you're doing a strictly audio podcast through Anchor, it's very difficult to um, really use audio, you know what I mean, or introduce that into the show, Um, you know, I mean, with nothing to watch, you know, I mean, it's, you know, um, and plus, I mean, with Anchor, you know, you can't do live podcasting anyway. So, um, you know, you'd almost have to like be a magician to be able to like fit clips into there and stuff like that, you know? (laughs) Um, But so basically folks, Perry and I are going to break down um, one division episode five. We may not get to every detail of the episode, but we're going to try to get as much of it as possible. And we're going to go ahead and flip over (laughs) right now. And we're going to start off with, um, you know, and like, look, spoilers out there right now. If you haven't seen this episode, I'm sorry, but I'm assuming that most of you out there that see this will have already seen the episode. Um, there are going to be spoilers. It's that simple. If you haven't seen it, don't watch this. Um, until after you watch it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, watch it then. Yes. Yeah. But, um, so we're going to start off with the beginning of the episode where the twins won't go to sleep and Wanda and Vision are trying to figure out how to get them to go to sleep. And Agnes drops in and pops up all of a mm-hmm. sudden door so we're going to start there perry i'm going to swing us over real quick to this the screen share and then we'll be right back over here onto the stream to get to know one another Maybe. Or maybe we just need some help. Oh. Hiya, kid. Oh, Agnes. Agnes, I was just popping this pillow with my face. Oh, I was just on my way to Jazzercise, but I heard your new little bundles of joy were on a sleep strike. Oh, who told you that? Uh, my ears. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Auntie Agnes is here, and I've got a couple of tricks up my sleeve. Oh, Agnes, you're a lifesaver. Very well, but be careful of their belly buttons and remember to support their heads. And when was the last time you washed your hands? Actually, you know what? You would think just maybe we better not. Um. Uh, do you want me to take that again? Uh, I'm sorry? You want me to hold the babies? Should we just take it from the top? <laughs> Don't be silly. Vision, let's let's let Agnes give it a try. Fuzzy <laughs> babies, meat buns on steel. We dare you to stay away. <laughs> What was that about? What was what? What was that? 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 What
She's sad, but then she looked at you. How did she look? Why did Oh. Supposed to have a calming effect. Ralph screams it on me every night, but there's no taming this tiger. What? So strange. Oh, that's not fair. It's not Agnes's fault that she has an unusually high libido. Did you really not see what I saw? Oh, don't find me. I'm just looking for your dark liquor. What? Not for me. For the twins. What kind of babysitter do you think I am? I'm just going to go and check in there. The boys haven't slept in days. You and I both need a break, and Agnes is just being neighborly. That's all. You hear that? Hear what? Absolutely nothing. Oh, I finally fell asleep. Bird? Then where are the twins? Mommy? Okay, brother. So actually one thing I do want to mention right before that clip happened, yeah. there was uh, Wanda tried to use her powers on yes. the babies mm -hmm. and it didn't work. So that's, that's yeah, that's an important thing to keep in mind uh, with the rest of the episodes and stuff. Yeah. Or well, with the rest of the show too. Yeah. I mean, go ahead, Perry, go ahead. You, whatever you, whatever you think about that clip, go ahead and, and spill it. Okay. So. It it starts out like that. It, this is probably where a lot of the weirdness of Vision starting to kind of like break things down a little bit, um, and his own mind starts because uh, there there was a moment uh, the last couple episodes. There was a few moments here and there that were weird for him, mm -hmm. uh, but this is kind of where he really is like, like kind of given the look, like <laughs> what's going on, kind of thing, um, and especially. Because he mentions later in the episode, there's like the quote where he says, uh, just waiting for somebody to pop in and Agnes pops in. So it's he's starting to notice those patterns um, and it's it kind of like shocks him out of the like the wheel a little bit with this moment that ripples through the rest of the episode. So, um, yeah, his and, uh, during that clip is great. Yeah, yeah. When he's, he's, when he's talking to Wanda and he's like, did you see the same thing I saw? Right. And he's kind of like, did you really not see what I saw? Like, yeah, the whole thing. It's, uh, um, it's, it's beginning that it's beginning to put in motion the kind of ease, the, the breadcrumbs that they start to throw at him the rest of the, uh, what did you think of the episode? demeanor during that? Like when she does, when she, when she says, when she stops everything and says, um, okay, you know, do you want me to, you want to take this back? You know what I mean? Right. You know, and take this from the top and everything. Right. Really changes her demeanor and like becomes yeah. really serious at that point. Yeah. Like not rude or right. like mean or anything, but like very serious, very like, um, you know, like almost authoritative. Right. And it's, and it's, it, it also seems like it's like that moment, like when you're, if you're watching like a, a, a play on Broadway or something where something happens the actor messes up a line or messes up a scene and they're like all right let's just take it back you know it's like it's it's like a rehearsal in that sense like it's like oh i forgot my line here let's just take it back kind of thing and then um like you said it's very like she's she like the whole thing stops it's like she's actually acting but what's interesting is that 
the other characters can't do that that are under the spell you know that are under the control so none of them can do that so that's like a little easter egg for us to like know that yeah that she never noticed her act like that during the series right yeah and it's and it seems like it's kind of like leading us towards that she definitely knows what's going on which we see more of that in the rest of the episode or and that she is autonomous within this universe you know like she is acting along on her own will which is the which she is basically the only person right she's more autonomous than anybody right yeah you know which is like becoming more and more apparent right uh, as as time progresses you know and it's just kind of like they're just giving us small pieces right. every week kind of like of her you know not so we can't figure out the full scope of what her role is on the show and um you know i love seeing wanda's face in that moment because she's shocked Mm -hmm. and she literally does not know what's going on at that point like you know uh, like you know um she's you know she literally doesn't know what to do she doesn't know how to react Mm -hmm. and it's almost like you know i think for the first time in the series, you can see her actually realize taking in the, into consideration and realizing that someone else other than her has a hand on what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's exactly, that's exactly my thoughts on it too. Cause it's, it definitely does seem like this is the first moment that she, cause in other episodes, she realizes that other people are trying to make their way in, but this is the first time that she, it, like you said, that she realizes that, somebody else in here or somebody else, a part of it is like controlling it or manipulating it their own way or having a hand in it, like you said. So it is that interesting moment. Um, you know, it's one, it's, it's interesting that you said that. I wonder in this, in this universe, in the WandaVision universe, you know, putting yourself in their shoes of being in the show, right. Imagining that concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does Wanda think? of like sword and the outside world at that point. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not right. trying to go far ahead, but from a theorizing standpoint, like how does she grasp or like, what does she take, you know, them as, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, right. if she can't remember her past, um, you know, and she's, and she's in this reality and she's also like, um, you know, being hexed in some way, I guess, you, yeah. you know, like you can say, um, you know, what is her take on like um, on Monica Rambeau? You know what I right. mean? Like, um, you know, going back to episode uh, three, you know, yeah. when she acts her from the house and everything, like, what does she think that she is? You know right. what I mean? Like that makes, that's what I wonder. Yeah. Because it's definitely, it's definitely clear that there's something like extra going on with Wanda's perception of her own reality too, especially when we get further in the episode and we'll talk about mm-hmm. that a little more, but um it is interesting to think where does she perceive her reality? And she obviously knows that something weird is going on and that this is not, this is not real in like a actual sense. And she knows that there's other stuff outside of this town, but she doesn't know. She might not realize or remember or be able to control how she's, affecting everybody like she might not be able to de- decipher 
strong, yes. her effect, you know, yeah, and yeah. or she the effect does. that she doesn't have or any control that she does or doesn't have. And yeah, like when people are trying to break in and she's got this perfect, quote unquote, perfect world that she gets to live with vision and have these kids. She views them as the enemy that's trying to take away her or in what she might perceive in her grief or whatever is making her not think clearly. She's seeing that as a threat. And that's kind of what we see towards the end of the episode for sure. And the reality has been tailored to her desires. Right. Exactly. You know I mean? Like very much like, yeah, it's not just, it's not just happenstance that right. she ends up having twins that she's married to vision that, right. You know, and you know, but again, um, not to, you know, uh, go too forward, but, Obviously, you know, Perry and I, you know, and, and people out there, you know, both know, all of us know who have seen this episode that, you know, um, I mean, you know, we don't know. I guess we don't know that it's completely authentic yet, but right. we know that at some point in the past, recently, Wanda went into S.W.O.R.D. and, right. you know, broke in and everything. And we'll get into that here in a minute. But, um, all right, Perry, I'm going to jump back over to the share screen quickly and just mm -hmm. fast forward a little bit and jump onto another screen. Briefing in 10, pants are encouraged. This is Dr. Darcy Lewis. She's the one who discovered the broadcast. Um, Monica, I know. I'm a big fan. We're going to need to take these again. There's something wrong with the machine. Those are blank. Like I said. Well, what about our labs? I need another blood draw. <laughs> no, no, no. We're dead here. She does that. See you at the briefing. Morning. We are now assessing a clear picture of this crisis, and thanks to Captain Rambo, what's the first thing you do remember? Pain. And then Wanda's voice in my head. Did you try to resist? There was this feeling keeping me down, this hopeless feeling, like drowning. It was grief. <laughs> Up now. All right. Hey, are you there, brother? Yep. All right, great. Yeah. So, um, 
I wanted to just reverse and, and, and redo the beginning of that scene because I cut off the, the first couple words that she, that she spoke mm -hmm. uh, to Hayward, you know? Um, and I thought it was really important to do that just because of the fact that she, she reveals that the first thing that she, that she felt was pain. Yeah. Uh, and then she talks about the experience of what the initial getting sucked into the, the uh, pocket universe felt like and everything. And she says that, um, that she felt um, grief, mm -hmm. you know, uh, like, a, a, and, and like one and like Wanda was speaking to her, yeah. um, you know, what did you think about that, Perry? I mean, there's a lot to the whole thing. It's a quick scene. Right. And so I've been thinking about it a lot too, because I, I, the more and more they say, I hear her voice, you have to get her to stop or like whatever they say. Um, the more it's, and then we talk about uh, um, like Agnes being kind of omniscient in this, in this universe too. Like she can, she can just go in and out of character as she sees fit. Um, I, I tend, I'm, I'm wondering how much control Agnes might be if she is in, like if she is actually Agatha Harkness from the comics, you know, mm -hmm. and if she's like kind of in going off of that and being the voice in people's heads, you know, mm -hmm. um, or so, or, or night. Right. Oh. The only, yeah. The only thing that makes me think that it might be her is just because they, I think they're, they might be trying to confuse us by saying her all the time mm -hmm. and by using like the double, the double way that like, it could be her or uh, Wanda. It could be. It could be. Yeah. And I'm like, everything's on the table, but it just, uh, it, it's one of those moments where she, she definitely doesn't think that um, she talks about grief. And I think that's the biggest thing that we start to notice with how uh, Monica's like Monica uh, Rambeau, views the situation from Wanda's perspective. Um, Cause if anybody in that briefing room, when they go into the briefing room has any perspective on what it feels like that it's Monica Rambeau. Cause she's came out of it. So, and I think a lot of that, um, of she has her, a like grief too, of just losing her mother and finding out. Right. And just, so we snapped and everything, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, so it, it, it seems like grief is like the driving force between behind what is going on, whether it's intentional on Wanda's uh, on Wanda's actions or whether or not it's Wanda being controlled by her. Like somebody is using Wanda's grief against her. Well, there you go. Way. Right. If she's being, if Wanda's being manipulated, like we both believe that she is. Right. Um, is it possible that, she pulled Monica Rambeau into that pocket universe simply out of like a subconscious, innocent desire for help. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like she sensed who Monica was at the point that Monica reached the force field or the barrier and just sucked her in because, you know, some part of her is reaching out. You yeah. know what I mean? Like we talked about earlier, you know, via like, you know, the use of the sitcom, you know what I mean? Right. Like, but in like a different way and this, in this nature, actually bringing Monica in, you know, to help her, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, you know, because maybe there's a part of Wanda that's like trapped. Right. Yeah. 
I mean? Like, um, I mean, what's interesting, Perry, what I just thought about is there's literally multiple layers of self-awareness going on with all the different characters. Yeah. They all have a different perspective of like what level of understanding they have what's going on. Yeah. And it's all giving the viewer just enough. Like it's from their perspectives, we're kind of piecing it together just like they are, but we kind of have everybody's information or everybody's uh, limited information to kind of base it off of. And um, everybody's kind of has like the piece of the puzzle that's trying to be put together. And um, it, and then trying to figure out who's keeping what from who and how much, because we start to see that uh, Hayward has his own mm-hmm. like perceptions or uh, of of what's actually going on, and he's pretty certain that it's Wanda's all Wanda's fault and all that stuff. Um, and then we have Monica Rambeau, who's obviously got a different perception of what's going on, even though uh, what she described what sounds like it's terrifying and miserable and painful, and all that stuff, and like we have visions perspective and where he's just trying to piece it together himself, kind of like the viewer is, you know, he kind of has oh yeah, like the whole thing that he's trying to wrap his head around. And then we have Wanda's who is, I think the biggest mystery out of everybody's besides maybe Agnes's, but, um, but from like the hero it's like standpoint, opera. it's like a soap yeah. opera yeah. <laughs> played a- across a tight cast of characters. Yeah. What I mean, where you really have to like read the the verbal and nonverbal language that you're getting from these characters in each right. episode to really get the gist of what's going on and who knows what and who's playing yeah. who. You right. know what I mean? It's, and there's a lot going on there. But again, mm-hmm. it's very much focused across uh, a situation where you're only working with a couple characters. Right. You know, like it's not a it's not a huge cast. Um right. and I think that's interesting. Um, and I think that the more that they expand it and they add more depth and more characters to the, to the series, it just makes things more interesting. Mm-hmm. And you bringing up Hayward, I think is critical because um, I mean, you'd have to like, I mean, there's multiple instances throughout the episode where, where Hayward acts like you're we're, like, we're talking about where he's kind of on notice. Like you think something's maybe going off with him. But right. I mean, we'd have, to, we'd have to go through multiple occasions throughout the episode to be able to look at all of it. Right. It, you know, just from like looking at the situation, you know, from a from a face value standpoint, people already were speculating that Hayward potentially could be a bad guy. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what to think of that really at first. And like now I don't really know what to think about it either. Because <laughs> you can't tell if he's either just like. Uh, High strong. Like, yeah. Like if he's kind of just a dick and you're like, Oh, is he just kind of an a-hole and like, like he just, yeah. Yeah. And he just like follows orders blindly and that's just his character. And that's why he kind of plays like the foil to Monica Rambeau, who seems like she's more like here, let's think about this really critically. He's just more like, no, somebody above him is saying, Hey, if you got the shot, take it kind of thing. We're just going to kind of put this under the rug and like get rid of it instead of trying to figure it out like Monica Rambeau and like Darcy and Jimmy Wu are trying to do, he's just kind of following his orders and does just does it and doesn't think anything of it. You know, he just like either that's the basis of his character. He's just like that tier 
like he has an agenda. Right. Or does he have more motive than just following orders and doing what like somebody else is telling him to do? Or does he have like that next motive of no, he's he's doing this on purpose for a reason. He wants to get rid of Wanda for a specific reason. I never thought about the reality that there could be somebody above him pulling his strings either. I never thought about that. Yeah, the only reason that that kind of seems like that is because they play that that card a lot with uh, like characters just following orders. Like a lot of the Captain America stuff is is like uh, Captain America breaking from that. You know, so that's that notion isn't totally like outside of their um, their story, their storybook that they take from, you know. Um, so that was one thing that came to my mind is he just playing this part to create conflict for Monica Rambeau. So she has to like slow down as much as she's like. So her figuring stuff out isn't as accelerated and it makes sense because she has that opposing force. Um, of like, how much does he know? You know what I mean? Right. It seems like he's pulling more information out of the out of the bag, right? You know, as time is going on, which yep. does kind of change things a little bit because, from a perspective of trying to put yourself in Hayward's shoes, when you drop into the re- into the real you know into the situation, the fact that you know later on we get the revelation of Wanda broke into Sword, right. you know, like and nobody knew that until the meeting that they right. that they have right after that clip. Yeah. Uh, that kind of changes the game a little bit in terms of like where Wanda's at with Sword, you know, like right. how how she's being viewed. You can kind of understand right. why she's why she would be viewed as a uh as a um a bad guy. Right. Or at the very very least just a threat that they're trying to they're trying to yeah. minimize, you know. I mean, I mean yeah. she's displaying like re- some serious power, like some right. serious abilities you know, that have got to be scary for anybody else. That's just viewing the situation outside. Right. And they even, uh, like Darcy says that like the, like the next scene that we get with the three of them, like Darcy, Jimmy and Monica Rambeau, we get, uh, them like Jimmy Wu and Darcy are talking about it where they're saying like, Oh, she's, she's using a lot more power than she's ever exhibited. Hold on. Whether I'll play that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah I'll play that right now. Yeah. Cause that's a, that's a good clip. It's got okay. a lot of, a lot of information in it. I, the Westview Anomaly. Our initial theory had Wanda Maximoff as one of many victims. We now know she is the principal victimizer. Jimmy. Quick history on our subject. Born in Sokovia in 1989 to Irina and Oleg Maximoff, both killed during an air raid when Maximoff and her twin brother Pietro were 10. The twins were subsequently radicalized volunteering at Hydra. Oversimplification of events, but yes. After unspecified experimentation with the Mind Stone, Maximoff gained telekinetic and telepathic abilities. Back up, Jimmy. Does Maximoff have an alias? No, sir. No funny nickname? Not a one. And earliest tracking had her using her powers against the Avengers, is that correct? Right before she earned their trust and became one herself. Lagos and Germany. We all know how that turned out. Thanks, Jimmy. Now that we have the lay of the land, let's talk about strategy. 
I uh, try not to speak ill of people. Don't allow me. Hey, what's the Terrorists. Wanda's not a terrorist. By your own account, you describe the experience of being under her mind control as excruciating, terrifying, a violation. My point is, I don't believe she has a political agenda or any inclination toward destruction. Monica, she blasted you halfway across New Jersey. And I survived because she chose to protect me. She's holding thousands of people hostage. And it could have been thousands more if she hadn't put up her own quarantine. Listen, I don't believe this is a premeditated act of aggression. You don't. Bring up the visual. This morning, I received authorization to share this highly sensitive material from S.W.O.R.D. headquarters. Until very recently, it was the top secret location of the Vision's corpse. When was this? Nine days ago, Maximoff stormed our facility, stole the Vision's body, and resurrected it. But that's in direct violation of Section 36B of the Sokovia Accords. And the Vision's own living will. He didn't want to be anybody's weapon. Maximoff, in her grief, disregarded his wishes. All right, that's it for now. Let's work the problem, people. Dismissed. But how did she even do it? Bring him back without the Mind Stone? Who knows? She has the world's only vibranium synthesoid playing father knows best in suburbia. What happens when he learns the truth? Alrighty. So yeah, that that was a lot of uh like what we were just talking about with him kinda seeming like he already has he already has a plan. Like you know what I mean? Like it's very oh. like he's not looking for any alternative, like alternative, uh, like plans or ideas. Like he's very much just like, Nope, this is what we got. This is what we're doing. Yeah. Boom. You know? Yeah. yeah. So like, whether that, up. yeah. And if that plays into whether or not it's because he's just like, Nope, this is protocol. This is what we're doing. Like she's a threat. That's the way it is. Or if it's like, like you said before, or if there's that alternative motive where he's, he's got his other, like he's got another motive and plan that there's a reason he's just trying to take her down, you know? Well, he does, he does come off like a dick. Right. Uh, <laughs> in the scene without question. Like he comes off really abrasive and um, yeah. like everything that they say, he's got a, he's got a counterpoint to it. You know what I yeah. mean? That all leads to her being a villain. You know what right. I mean? But at the same time though, when you do think about it from a realistic standpoint, the based on the information that's available, you can understand how somebody might perceive what's going on in the way that he's seeing it for sure. And that's why it's tough to be, that's, that's why it's tough to determine exactly what his, what his position is, you know, because it's tough because from the, like you said, from the realistic standpoint, it's like, Oh yeah. Like this is dangerous. Like she's being dangerous. Like she broke into a facility. She stole the body. She (laughs) brought him back to life. Opposed like supposedly like from their perspective and now she's holding thousands of people and their perspective hostage in this town. So it's like, do we have to take that at face value and know like, okay, that's why he's so like gung ho about 
like just taking care of the problem or like you said, are they playing both sides of it where they're giving us that side of it and like kind of leading us to try to see that there's more going on with him as well. You know, and he knew that, and he knew about the existence of this video with Wanda this whole time. Right. We didn't yeah. know that until now, you right. know, what I mean? he knew that Wanda stole vision's body. Um, yeah. And, you know, my only thought during that scene in the video, you don't see that much when she goes mm-hmm. into the sword, um, you know, headquarters. What, what if theoretically Wanda was mind controlled during that? And that was not Wanda. Like she did yeah. not, you know what I mean? Like somebody else was actually making her do that. That's, that's exactly what I was thinking. Um, Cause that's kind of where my mind, my mind is at too with that. Um, especially when you see like later in the episode where she comes through the wall and we were talking about this earlier. You know what I yeah. mean? Like she seems so serious and so dead set. Right. And she started talking with her accent again, like mm-hmm. throughout it. And which is like weird because she hasn't been doing that. And so with your, with what you just said with, okay, maybe she went to somebody try to figure out how she can, maybe she went with good intention to somebody to learn more about her power and what like she could do. And somebody took advantage of that. Right. He approached her and said, right. Hey, you know, um, I can do this for you. Kind yeah, of thing. Like, you know, like you don't, you don't really understand your powers. Well, I can show you, right. you know, um, you know, uh, you, you know, you miss vision. Well, you know, what if I told you that like you and vision could be together again, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you could have everything that you, you know, you could have the life that you wanted and everything. And yet yep. remember too, she was a villain. Like, mm-hmm. hey, like you would said, I mean, she was a villain at one point, you know what I mean? Right. And, and look at what happened in Lagos, you know, mm-hmm. like she killed, you know, dozens of people. Yeah. Um, it, she, you know, she basically at the point that, uh, civil war occurred. Um, she was essentially a, um, a, like a, uh, a, um, like a runaway, you know, uh, superhero that like refused to sign the Sokovia accords and everything and just took off and went in her own direction. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so at that point she was like a, uh, like a fugitive. Right. Um, that's a lot to take into consideration. I mean, you know, yeah. but what I, you know, like looking forward during the episode, when they discuss very briefly, um, like between uh, Darcy and Jimmy Woo and uh, Monica Rambeau, what happened with the battle at, at the end of Endgame with Thanos? And they say, um, you know, oh, well, she almost took out Thanos on her own and everything. That's interesting because it, it yeah. made me think for the first time, like, you know, maybe they video recorded that whole thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, people yeah. actually watched it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. And um, whether or not it's like people just story or like they had footage or security, like footage from whatever survived of that, <laughs> of the <laughs> Avengers facility. Footage. I mean, if you think about it, yeah. you know, I mean, somewhere on that property that there would have been a camera that survived. Yeah. Yeah. You would, you would think that they're, there would have had to be, you know, especially being an Avengers facility. They probably got cameras everywhere. Um, but yeah. And, and it was an, in, like you said, it was an interesting, like, it was an interesting thing because if that's not the case, then how would they like kind of know yeah. that? 
Yeah, like, how, how would they know based off what? Just like people's like recollections on what happened? Yeah, I feel like there was too much going on where people would like tell those stories and maybe we're just thinking too much into it. <laughs> given the straight, uh, you know, the straight information in terms of how it was translated to people in this 616 universe, right? what happened in that battle? Like what happened in that event? Like, you know what I right. mean? We don't know how um, or who right told who or what what happened you know what i mean like yeah and even in uh 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 spider-man far from home like they they don't they don't touch on the battle at all they just they just touch on like the blip that they call it like when everybody came back yeah they talk about that but they don't talk about the actual battle and what people know about it everyone knows that iron man sacrificed himself right yeah but nobody knows like how how much it really was like as a battle and all that stuff so yeah it's definitely that's a definitely interesting like comment to keep in mind in case that was put in there for more like more, something get, more i yeah. hope we get information as time yeah. goes on i hope that they reveal more in terms of and i'm sure they will in terms of yeah. like what was told to the media what was told to you know to people about what happened because right um, if you look at like uh, Tony Stark's funeral, right? Um, you had uh, Thunderbolt Ross was there, mm-hmm. and of course, you know he's the Secretary of Defense or whatever in this you know universe for right. the U.S. He seemed to know what happened and what went on and whatnot. Obviously, someone would have told him, right? Um, and so it just makes you wonder, like. Um, to what depths do people understand what really went on in that like yeah. final battle situation? And like, you know, do they know everything? You right. know what I mean? Like, um, very, it's very interesting. It really is. Yeah. You know, I didn't think about that, that, that much until just now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's something that like from our perspective, uh, and I think the TV shows are, are kind of a cool place to like touch on these things because like from the movie perspective that we get, we are like just involved in it and just, we just go for the ride and we think about yeah. like, Oh, who's going to be the next villain and all this stuff. But then we think about the ramifications of like the blip and they talk about people coming back and far from home. They talk about that and all that. And they mentioned it in uh, episode three, right. Um, mm-hmm. Where they talk about like, they show Monica coming back and all that yep. stuff. And uh, so it is, it's an interesting uh it's an interesting part that they've kind of like sprinkled in and now like they make the comment, like Jimmy Woo makes the comment that he could have, or she could have taken Thanos down. Yeah. And then and, they and mentioned Captain, Captain Marvel. Also did right. Thanos too. <laughs> yeah. And then we get like the shove off from Monica Rambeau that she doesn't want to talk about it, which is an interesting thing. Um, well, I mean, what's going to be interesting is, is that, you know, um, we're going to, uh, over time, we're going to be able to have opportunities to interconnect all this stuff together yeah. through more of these live streams and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And yeah. hopefully we'll be able to build something here, you know, where, you know, maybe this starts off as like a spontaneous thing, you know, today mm-hmm. uh, that we're just kind of putting together. But like, you know, maybe uh, six months from now, um, you know, you and I are doing this again um, and we're doing um, Loki. Yeah, (laughs) Marvel, or or whatever, and that sounds interesting and it sounds fun. You know, it's going to be interesting delving into and taking apart the series one after another after another, Mm -hmm. and 
knowing that they're going to keep coming. Right. Yeah. Over and over, and over again. Yeah. You know, it's going to be a lot of content. Yeah. No, and it's and it's and it's great, especially when they announced everything. And I I don't know if you're a Star Wars guy at all too, but with all the yeah, you know, a little bit. <laughs> but I'm a like I'm a huge Star Wars fan. So when they announced Marvel and Star Wars stuff, I was like, like I was like just a kid in a candy shop, like so excited. Um, the recent so, Star Wars stuff did not did not do a lot for me. You know, what okay, I mean? like the sequel trilogy. The, the, well, yeah, I mean, um, yeah. you know, uh, me personally, I'm much more invested into the MCU. Right. Um, if anything, um. I guess if I had to say, like, you know what else really interests me, for instance, would be um like uh Dune. Yeah. Uh, Dune's coming out, you know, like yeah. next year, I think. That yeah. interests me a lot. You know, yeah. like, I like Dune. I like the yeah. whole universe. I like the whole um the whole concept of that huge, massive world right. that um, you know, that that I forget the name of the author created with Dune. Uh, Herbert. You know, yeah oh yeah, yeah. herbert yep. yeah um i mean that i, like, I have the book somewhere <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like the like it is without question like the most climatic biggest sci-fi event and like yeah. ever, you know what i mean and like i mean you can see where they definitely used like that model for star wars and yeah. star trek and all that kind of stuff you know oh, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah um, it's it's a really i haven't i i'm gonna start reading um the books now so that i can i can see how the movie how the movie compares and all that stuff um but yeah there's a lot of lot of stuff from like dune that was um that inspired pretty much all the sci-fi space odyssey stuff that you get from star trek star wars um like even guardians of the galaxy like just anything that takes place in space with people like space trading and meetings and different planets and oh, aliens. It's, so big. it's it is. Yeah. It's so big. Like right. even I want to go back and watch the, the TNT series that they did. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. Golden Path. Yeah. With, um, you know, uh, which is later on in the, in the, in the series of books. Right. Um, where, um, where Paul's son mm-hmm. becomes like the God worm you know right, like, yeah it's crazy man yeah that whole deal like he <laughs> like he he becomes a sandworm yeah you know and like lives for a thousand years and everything and whatnot like yeah. it's crazy yeah it's such a it's such a uh interesting thing that we're not people aren't used to because uh a lot of the sci-fi stuff that came after was a lot more clean cut yeah and less and it, it didn't, I think Star Wars is like the closest one to getting weird, especially more recently, like with their extra stuff, like they'll, they'll dive more into, uh, like the lore, but Dune was like one of those things where it was like, this is, this is heavy driven. This is lore and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It's, uh, it should be cool to see that. Oh, it's, it's, um. Do you get into? Do you watch any of the uh, any of the YouTube videos and stuff that some that some of the YouTubers c- come out about Dune? No, I haven't. I haven't because I was waiting until I read some of the uh, read some of the book, so that way because I wanted it to be like a a fresh experience to as much as I could without spoiling like too much, especially with the first the first book. Mm-hmm. But. 
Um, I can only avoid it so much. <laughs> Pardon me, folks. I just had to get out for one second and just take. I had to take my medication. Oh yeah. Got to take care of you. Got to take care of the important stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. So let me jump back to the episode, and we'll move on to the next scene. Oh, while you're scrolling too, Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to mention, I forgot to put this quote in when uh, Agnes first comes in Mm -hmm. Uh, and earlier she's uh, when the twins age up really quick, she does the quote kids. You can't control them no matter how hard you try. Yeah. And she like passes it off as a joke, but I thought that would be like another really important thing to remember because she keeps dropping those hints. Like she knows what's going on. So yeah, um, she's always dropping like these poignant phrases and like little uh easter eggy type yeah little bread real little breadcrumbs you know (laughs) yeah yeah i mean uh her scenes are very small but like they're very important it seems like yeah all right so we're back to sword What I need is a 10,000 pound fallout shelter comprised of lead for photons, cadmium for neutrons, tantalum for seismic blasts on wheels. And then I would be able to safely re-enter Westview, right? Yes, theoretically. I can work with theoretically. What'd I miss? The twins aged up to 10. Holy Christmas, at this rate, they'll be empty nesters by dinner time. I know an aerospace engineer who'd be up for this challenge. But I can't guarantee the Hex won't just mind wipe you as you go in. Wait, what's a Hex? Oh, um, it's what I'm calling the anomaly because of its hexagonal shape. It's starting to catch on. You really want to go back in there after everything she's put you through? Yeah. Yes, I do. Have we identified these minors yet, or the newborns? Oh, Wanda's twins are hers. Everything might look fake in the TV, but everything in there is real. But Wanda manipulates people's perceptions, makes them hallucinate. Yeah, that's her whole bag. If all the sets and props and wardrobe were solid matter, that would mean she's wielding an insane amount of power. Far exceeding anything she's displayed in the past. Yeah, she could have taken out Thanos on her own if he hadn't initiated a blitz. Nobody else came close. Well, I'd argue that Captain Marvel came close. Her powers came from an Infinity Stone too, right? We are not talking about her. We are talking about Wanda. Darcy, what was that you were saying about uh, props and sets and wardrobe? Where's the lab? What are we looking for? That. Oh, man. Are we being mind controlled to see that right now? Jeepers creepers. Oh, no. They're real, all right. Can we borrow this? Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, whoa. 
vest on when you went inside, didn't you? Those pants are 87% Kevlar. It's not an illusion. Wanda is rewriting reality permanently. If she can change things as they go into the hex. Ah, you called it the hex. What happens if we send something in that requires no change? Okay. <laughs> what? This This is where I'm... What, I was a little bit miffed with that the first time, and I'm miffed about it now. Um... What what would what would you send in that would not be that would not need to be altered or whatever? Like it's yeah, it's it's a, something from the technology of the era that she's. So what they're saying is basically that anything that goes in that's not part of the era or doesn't uh, fit the era that she's. Oh, oh yeah, that okay. that's yeah. So and they they talk about like the one quote um is uh she she's rewriting reality yeah and that is like the key part of that whole thing where it's just it, she's not the only things that it seems like she's manifested into reality or that somebody manifested into reality is the kids and everything else like clothing like she said clothing wardrobe or wardrobe cars like buildings like everything else is being rewrote so everything else is matter or perception is being changed and it's permanent like that's that's the biggest part is like everything that happens and then, and then it sticks right which is that's like the part that i'm that to me is like the biggest part of like one of the biggest parts of this whole episode is that that revelation because that means everything that changes in that uh the hex as they call it everything that happens in the hex in terms of changing it is permanent like mm -hmm. like that's it unless obviously i guess some theoretically i guess whoever changed it could change it back but so now everything that goes in is permanently changed and that is like the key component to how we look at what's going in there, you know, what's happening in there. And she even says, well, everything in there is real. Everything in there is real. And when they were talking about the kids, cause they were like, Oh, is she yeah. just, Not that are they just too, that when they, I thought that was a really important aspect when they, when he said, have, have we identified the kids yet? Yeah. I thought that was really kind of like uh unique, you know? Yeah that that came up in the conversation and um and monica said you know no you know um they're real you know what i mean right. like they're they're a byproduct of the reality yeah you know what i'm saying which is yeah. really, which is mystifying it's very yeah. like, you know what i mean like yeah um which it is it just begs me even more questions like right how's that even possible yeah <laughs> yeah and that's where it gets like and and it kind of gets like just mixed in there. Like it just kind of like is a line that they say, but if you stop and you think about it, you're like, holy shit, that means even the kids that are manifested within the reality, they're real now. Like they're solidified. Like there is no getting rid of them unless the person that created them gets rid of them theoretically, right? Um, but that means everything have you seen is any other children. Terry, have you seen any other children in the entire series? No. And uh Vision actually makes a comment like that later in the episode. He he says, "Where are the other children?" And she oh. goes, 
yeah and she goes of course there's other children he goes that playground outside is empty every t- every day when i go to work and oh, that kind of that yeah. kind of starts her like breaking down a little bit and that's where she starts saying like oh like i don't know how this started and all that stuff and i'm sure we'll we'll get to that too but that's one of those parts where i was telling you about earlier today where i was like multitasking and i yeah. <laughs> like just, just didn't pay attention there for a second you know what yeah, i mean yeah yeah quite get what was going on. Yeah. Um, and I've been wondering now for a couple episodes when somebody was going to mention that there's no children. Right. You know, yeah. I, uh, everybody for those first couple episodes, everything was about children. Like you mm-hmm. need to have children, right? Where are your children, but um, there's no other children, <laughs> you know, children. Um, right. I mean, uh, and there was even more to the whole, like captain Marvel, Wanda Thanos deal. Darcy asks, didn't Captain Marvel get her powers from an Infinity Stone also? Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that they that, – and that's in, very interesting because I didn't even realize that these people knew what the Infinity Stones were or like right. you know, when did they even know that? Like when did they find out this information? Yeah, and I think they probably found out like as – they probably found – if they didn't get snapped, I don't know which one of – besides Monica, we don't know if uh, uh, Jimmy Woo or Darcy got um, – got snapped but uh it was probably after everybody came back that anybody working in that realm of things um would know about the infinity stones and what they caused or whatever um so we we, hasn't been wasn't snapped or she never would have been able to get her doctorate oh true yeah that's true yeah (laughs) so yeah she uh um so it's it it's interesting right now where they they seem to know a lot more information. It seems like after everything has happened with Endgame, and um, that everybody that's uh, has to be associated in these new uh, governmental entities are starting to form in terms of how they uh, understand everything, and that they're tr- everybody who's a higher level or brought in to be a part of it has to understand that hey, Infinity Stones exist. These warping reality pieces of like celestial power are just they exist and we don't know how many more exist we don't know if any more exist we don't know who else can wield them and all that stuff what i find interesting is that darcy right darcy's is is coming in to help sword so Mm -hmm. one would think that she knew this information beforehand right what i mean which again makes you wonder how much do people know overall like what went down with the whole infinity war endgame type, you know, situation. Right. I mean, um, and like who told them, like, you know what I mean? Like who, you yeah. know, like who was the one that, or like the, you know, that went out and told the media and told people like what happened, yeah. you know what I mean? And, um, I would have loved to like, you know, be able to like seen that whole thing. Like, yeah. I would love to have seen like somebody from the Avengers explain to the media, like what happened in the battle and, yeah, I wonder if uh, I wonder if Falcon and Winter Soldier like will dive into that maybe in the beginning because that was technically supposed to be the first uh, series before the pandemic started. Right. So maybe, so maybe that like talks about that a little bit more. But I think I guess they all we'll will. Say, yeah, I think I think all of them like to some extent. I think the films too will also like when we start to get into these movies. I think that there will be parts where they'll talk about Endgame. 
Right. Um, yeah, they're they're gonna have to, like, yeah. especially in the beginning, they're gonna have to because obviously there's still like questions like we're asking, like well, here's an interesting question. Um yeah. where does the multiverse end up playing in here? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> do you really think that I mean skipping ahead, um, you know, to later at the end of the show when um Evan Peters character pops up at the doorstep. Um, you know, I thought about it a little bit. I personally, at this point, at least at this point, I don't believe that that was the multiverse. Mm. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? um, Because the Fox universe does not connect to the MCU. Right. So at that point, um, what I kind of am thinking is, I don't feel like we've gotten yet to a point where we we're crossing that threshold of tapping into the multiverse yet, like going interdimensional, you know, I feel like we're, we're not yet there. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely tough to, to read, kind of read the room a little bit on it too, because, um, and I know we talked about this one of the few, one of the times we talked, we were talking about how, this is like a, the start of a trilogy with this Spider-Man three and then uh, Dr. Strange. Yeah. So whether or not this is like their, Hey, like multiverse, like, here you go guys kind of thing. Or if this is like kind of the pre like people leaning into it, being able to like see it and under like kind of get a feel that like, Hey, you might see, some of these characters that exist in other universes and all that stuff and bringing that to the forefront and then people kind of getting a grasp for it. Cause if you haven't read the comics or don't do a lot of like, like video watching or research or whatever you want to call it, um, the multiverse might be a, a, a really new concept for a lot of the casual, like movie or MCU fans, you know? So, uh, I mean, even for like us who like think about this stuff a lot and like do like the quote unquote, like the research and all that stuff, it's still like, we're still like, is this what they're doing or is this not what they're doing? I think that Spider-Man three is going to be the introduction of the multiverse. into the whole Yeah. Thing. Like that's really when you're going to see it. Why it's splinter and like fracture. Yeah. And then that's yeah. into bringing these other characters into the picture. Um, you know, when do we get to see Doctor Strange in WandaVision? He's got to pop up. Yeah, I didn't think about that until now, but I mean, he's due to pop up in the series at some point. Maybe yeah, it, episode, I don't know. Yeah, it kind of feels like it's going to be one of the last two episodes where he has to come in and like help clean it up a little bit, you know, because it's um, especially if we're going to see Wanda in if she I don't know if she's confirmed for Spider-Man, she but is. she's she is confirmed okay so if she shows up in spider-man and shows up in doctor strange we're gonna see one of them you know like we we might see one of them come up i mean it kind of feels like yeah yeah and what this kind of seems like is there's a few different directions from that revelation that we can kind of like look at different paths you know we can either say okay this is the start of them opening up the option and the idea of a multiverse because they did talk about it in spider-man far from home even though it wasn't actually the multiverse they still like mentioned that it exists you know so i don't know if this is like them like opening the door just a little bit more so that people can like be eased into it or if this is like teasing again without it actually doing it you know 
Well, you know, and, I was thinking to myself, where does is it Brian Taylor Johnson? Aaron Taylor Johnson. Aaron yeah. Taylor Johnson. Where is he going to fit into this show? Because I mean, I know for a fact that it's already been put out there that he was seen on set during the the production of this series. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we know that he was there. That they that he was that he's in the show in some form or fashion. Yeah, and it's it's going to be bizarre because we don't know if uh if this is like if this means that they're just taking the likable like the pe- characters from the fox universe that people liked and reutilizing them and making them the same character but not the same person you know like um like taking the same like quicksilver from the fox universe and saying oh now he's like now he's in this universe like whoever's doing all of this is put him there see that, and, just, that kind of goes against what i've always thought like marvel wanted to do you know what right, I mean? exactly um you know like i you know I've, I've known for a while now that it's been pretty clear that kevin feige wants to distance the MCU right. from the fox x-men universe if anything like they, you know, they're even purposely waiting for a specific amount of time to go by right. before they're even going to go into the X-Men just because they want to put time and distance between right. properties, you know, and they're going to, they're even going to have, they're even going to come up with a different X-Men team than we've right. seen before in the past just to give yeah. us a look. Yeah. And I think, I think when we get to Eternals, that's going to be like the one that opens it up, um, like kind of opens up that door. But it, yeah, it opens but, right. And, uh, but with this one, that's why it's, that's why it is a little like, what, what game are they playing at here? <laughs> you know, because well, the deviants, um, led to mutants, right? Like right. they, exactly. they, you know, yeah. So, I mean, they, um, like, like through like genetics and mutation it, over time, the deviants became the mutants, right? You know, if if I, I, I that's kind of a rough way to explain it, but like that's right. what happened. Right. Um, the the deviant gene became the X gene, right? And maybe that's what they're going to do here in the MCU. I mean, like I told you before, I thought if anything, they were going to go ahead and flush the whole mutant thing out in Wandavision and just yeah. be done with it. Yeah, I didn't like, know how they were going to do it. I thought yeah. they would. Yeah, it to me right now, it's just. I I am like kind of in a shell shock and of in a way where I'm like it's hard to even think about it and try to come up with a theory because it's like there's no there was nothing more after he walked in you know like or after they opened the door and there he was and it's like and Darcy makes the joke while she's watching it she's like like who is that and then when uh Wanda finally goes like Pietro like like she's even confused. Yeah, what was, how would she even come to that? I well, because the first thing that he says is oh, the outfit. Um, the outfit, and he says, "Well, long lost bro can't give his sister a yeah. hug." Like, so he says that, and that's why she's like Pietro. Like, but where's, but where's his Sokovian accent? Exactly, and but he was talking like he's from the eighties, like he's like, uh, like the Fonz or something. Like he was like, yeah. "Hey, like." Long lost bro can't give his sister a hug. Like he was talking like that, like Long Island, New York City. Yeah. So it's it's really weird. Yeah, because it's like, is he just a manifestation of like 
something like is he was did like whoever's controlling it whether it's mephisto or nightmare or whatever did they just create a fake pietro and for us as the viewer it's an easter egg and like a cool like hey guys like see what we did there just to throw us off or is it actually like are they opening up a multiverse and utilizing a likable character from the fox universe not using the fox universe reality but just using the characters that people liked like if that confuses me it's yeah and (laughs) that's why i'm like i feel like a crazy person because i'm like for you what what is what would you say what would you say the like of the the probability is if you had to give a percentage that we that we get magneto in in the wandavision series like a 20 percent i think it's i think it's low they might mention him and like give like a hint that this is like the i but the thing is is i don't even know how they would like like bring it in because the the problem is is that in real in like the comic book world wanda is magneto's daughter and so like how would they and they even said in i don't know because it's so confusing Maria and oleg are wanda's actual parents in the comic right. oh okay they are um they're 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 the they're her adopted parents right you know what okay. i mean yeah, After yeah, yeah, yeah. Magneto and wanda's mother um wanda's mother um discovers who magneto is what he what he's capable of and everything like that while she's pregnant with wanda and pietro she mm-hmm. uh like she seeks refuge at in this at this at this place called mount um uh I can't remember the, the the rest of it. Mount something. Um, I'd have to look in my notes. And it's 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 while she's there that she uh, gives birth to the twins. And um, basically, again, I'd have to have my notes in front of me because this is hard for me to explain off the top of my head. But mm-hmm. there's um, there's like a very powerful being that is trapped in underneath this mountain, and during the birth of Wanda and Pietro, some of his powers leak to the twins. Okay. You know what I mean? It's interesting. It's the whole, the whole thing is interesting. Yeah. Um, But uh, anyways, um, let's, let's delve into and jump into another clip. Okay. Well, one, one point before you go, Go when, so in the Fox universe, this is just going to throw more of a wrench into it. (laughs) In the Fox universe, uh, Quicksilver's dad is Magneto. Like they, yeah. they do that. So that's yeah. that's also another clue that this might be the direction that they're heading if they want to keep using that as like a as like a little like is this going to happen or is this not going to happen with using a character from another universe that his dad is Magneto and the universe. Yeah, yeah, and it's like oh my god. <laughs> All right, here we go. I like this scene. Yeah, me too. This is a lot of fun. So you're telling me this is a typewriter, a Rolodex, and a calendar all in one? What else can it do? Find me a wife? Eventually, yes. <laughs> it's a hell of a thing watching you work these computers, Vision. It's like you speak their language. Anything on? Can we surf the internet? Cowabunga, dude. <laughs> oh, hey, look. 
We got electronic mail already. School the email on. What are you looking for? Letter opener. Ah, we don't need that. We're already cutting edge. Sword. Top secret communique. Authenticate. Dr. Darcy Lewis findings regarding Maximus. High levels of radiation present at perimeter. Effect on Westview residents unknown. Please advise. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on, pal. What are we going to write back? You're the office funding guy. It's a joke. Can't you tell? None of it is real. Please help me. What day is it? How long has it been? Where's my phone? I have to call Mrs. He's taking care of her dad. He's sick. Where's my phone? Call yourself, Norm. I can't understand what you're trying to tell me. You have to stop her. Stop who? She's in my head. None of it is my own. It hurts. It hurts so much. She's made her stop. Make her stop! Stop. Now tell me this. If I send an email, where would I put the stamp? <laughs> Technology. Sit, Sparky, sit. Okay. Now, <laughs> I'm being selective here. I'll be honest with you. This is just a personal standpoint kind of thing. I'm kind of skipping the twins scenes a little bit because yeah. – just, just for, just you know, honestly, they don't do that much for me in terms of like what shaping the episode, right? Yeah, and a lot of it, like the stuff that we can point out, is that it seems like one of them might be whoever. I think it's Billy is the one that has yep. uh, the powers that similar to uh, just like Wanda. Wanda's. Yeah, she has. He has the reality manipulation, and yeah, it seems like he's the one that's making them age. Yeah, like that he he's doing that because it's very selective on when they want to. Um, so whether yeah. they understand that they can or not, or understand that that's not normal, I think or like understanding that. between them as twins, yeah, that like they both know that Billy can do that. Yes, yeah, and that's what it seems like for sure. Especially when like the dog dies and they like do all that stuff and they they have that conversation. But yeah, like no more than like we we realize. You know what I? Yeah, I think they actually know more about what's going on in that reality than like Vision does. Yeah, because they uh they they kind of talk about that too. Like it's uh the way that they act within it. It's very it's very much like they are living in a reality that they think is they think is reality, but they know that they can like alter it or that Wanda can alter it and that this might be real life for them and it's not weird that they have these powers or that uh, Wanda has these powers and they just ask they just act nonchalant about it like when the dog dies and they're like we can bring her back you can bring her back and then when Wanda's like no we can't there's rules and all this stuff um, they they want to change and they just they just act like that's not like weird and how do they even know that Right. And it, it's like, it, there's more to them than they're showing us in this episode, especially, but I, I think their, their understanding of it is going to be like shown more and more, like just because they were created within this reality that they have a deeper understanding of what's going on. 
And that's kind of an interesting thing that we'll definitely see more of because they're going to play if, if this, if they're taking anything from house of M, like this is going to be <laughs> like, well, I'll ask you, you know, you tell me what you think. I, I, at this point, upon watching the scene again, um, with vision at work and norm, um, like when everybody starts to in, in, in unison, read the email from sword or whatever, the communication from sword for one thing, how did, how does that communication from sword even end up in there? Like on that computer. And then why do they start talking in unison and reading and read the email together and start laughing and everything and whatnot? Like, I don't think that. The only thing that I can think of that, like just from a story element is that they're trying to show that there's, there's not, it's, it's not all secure. Like things can go in and out without um, like totally disrupting everything. So little things can be like if, if it's all signals and like frequencies and electro like electricity, like the whole nine yards, like with frequencies and all that stuff, if that part of it, um, if, if those things are able to like come into the reality, um, then there might be like a kind of glitch in the matrix sometimes because Darcy can pick up the signal. So if they can pick up the signal, they might be able to send within the signal. They might be able to, as they go along, figure that out. So because she's connecting to the signal, there might be some like glitch react like in oh, it. A pathway. Be- yeah. Because they've yeah. opened it up. So now they're like kind of like inputting it. Like oh yeah. And every day they're investigating and trying to find ways to penetrate this reality. You right. Get in there. So there, there might be, like you said, a pathway that sends like some glitch in the matrix that like, if they output a signal, they email their, like whoever's in range, like, Hey, like this is like document one, like, Hey, this is what we're looking at. There's a chance that because the signals might be like crossing now that they're like like basically streaming what's happening within the thing that a signal might be lost in there. And there might be like that kind of, maybe they targeted vision on purpose. True. Yeah. They might be sending out a signal if they can and see what sticks, you know, to try to and see what gets out. Them. Yeah. You know what I mean, because um, they're watching the sitcom, right? They know that at least to some extent vision is questioning what's going on. Right. Um, and, um, what I thought was interesting too, was when Norm says it's not real. None of this is real. You know, like, what does that even mean? You know what right. I mean? Not real. You know, like, yeah. does the sword, the sword email is not real or like, right. I mean, it's almost like all these people who are underneath the hex and like, you know, who are drinking the Kool-Aid um, that they, they've been programmed that like any outside interference that comes in from reality, like our reality that, that creeps in that there's supposed to just like take that as like, you know, like they have defensive measures kind of programmed in them. You know what I mean? Kind of like, you know, um, blow off anything like that, that pops up from the real world, you know? Right. And there's a hive mind thing going on there. And you saw that with the, the in unison, like chanting or reading of the, the email. Yeah, so that's that's kind of like our clue that people aren't individualized. No, it's all connected. Right. So if they say there's like they said a couple of thousand people like in this town that are being 4, controlled. 000. Yeah. So if there's 4000 people being controlled, 
maybe they're all just like working in a pattern, like you said, in like a hive mind where they're just kind of doing, doing, doing like whatever they're doing. Mm -hmm. But the only concentration around actual like characterization is around Wanda and vision and the kids. So when they kind of move through the town, it might be following that focus. So when they interact with people, um, like going through the town, the focus and like the individualization kind of comes in and that's where you see characters actually being able to have a conversation or joking around, but maybe when there's like this, the glitch or whatever you want to call it, it kind of like tweaks them out a little bit and brings it back into that hive mind. Like you're talking about. So well, that could be well, an yeah, interesting as like a defense aspect. mechanism, you know what I right. mean? Like, like as part of their programming. And if, if you think about it, it makes sense that if there was like, if there's somebody behind Wanda that is helping to control these people in some way, you know what I mean? That's amplifying mm -hmm. Wanda's powers or guiding them or um, whatever. Um, if you think about it, logically, if this, if this entity is in charge of controlling 4,000 people, it would make sense that from a practical standpoint, you would want there to be this connectivity among all of them where they're kind of working off of one source. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that the, the strongest point of power is coming from where Wanda and vision are to create the reality and make it quote unquote believable, you know? Um, and then everything that like, as it gets spread out, it kind of gets less and less specific and they're just kind of doing stuff, you know? Um, so there is that idea that could be, playing a big part in why when there is like um when there is an issue or when something does come through there is like you said that defense mechanism where they just they it like glitches and they're reading in unison and then all of a sudden they laugh it off and they're like ah like it was just a joke you know so it's it, it's definitely an interesting uh it just an interesting aspect to that that like i'm sure they'll i'm sure it'll it'll all kind of like be like explained or shown or whatever uh, in the next, the last like three or four episodes, but well, it's I've got, I've got two scenes I want to do left. I've got yeah. two scenes. I want to do, um, I want to do Wanda coming out of the, um, the pocket reality uh, and confronting sword. Mm -hmm. And then I want to just focus one, on one last scene and that's the end scene with, with yeah. silver. Yeah. And, and then we'll kind of just, you know, do our final, you know, bit and, you know, go about our business. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, and close things out. So let me pull that up. Boy, I, you know, I love the stream yard. I really do. I still don't yeah. know completely how to use it that well, but it's very, very fun to have. Yeah. It seems like it's really like uh streamlined with it's everything. Neat, right. Yeah. I mean, this is pretty cool that we can do this. Mm -hmm. I mean, I never like, um, you know, a year from now, a year ago or whatever, I never even would have thought that I even would have known how to do something like this. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's how I feel about a lot of, <laughs> a lot of the stuff that I, I started in the last, like in the last year, <laughs> I'm like, I, I built a computer last, uh, like late March, early April, 
if you asked me a year ago if I would have thought that I would be able to put together a computer, I was like, nope. Or like edit video and audio and all that stuff. I'd oh, be like, man, I'm still trying to figure out how to edit audio and video. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very uh, it's very it's very uh, intricate sometimes. All right, here we go. Maximoff Lothar, 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 we can't see the drone on the broadcast. Wanda's framing it out of the shot. Just like all the jump cuts. Wanda decides what makes it onto the show and what doesn't. And here we go. You're up. Wanda, this is Captain Monica Rambo. Can you hear me? I just want to talk. That's it. No joy. Uh, wait, my controls aren't working. Reconnect patch. Disregard. Take the shot. What? No, the drone isn't armed. Take the shot. What did you do? There's a breach, sir. just a precaution you can hardly blame us wanda i think i can this will be your only warning stay out of my home you don't bother me i won't bother you i wish it could be that simple you've taken an entire town hostage i'm not the one with the guns director but you are the one in control you're still here. Wanda, I didn't know the drones were armed. But you know that, don't you? A town full of civilians and you, a telepath, brought a sword agent into your home. You trusted me to help deliver your babies on some level, Wanda. You know I am an ally. I want to help you. How? What could you possibly have to offer me? What do you want? I have what I want. And no one will ever take it from me again.
Okay, analysis. <laughs> it's it's kind of uh, it's very uh, not what Wanda was prior. To, it was it's like what Wanda how Wanda's acting is like how she acted prior to all the like her becoming an Avenger. Yeah, Age of Ultron, Wanda. Yeah. And it's it, it it's all very much like that. I the way she acts, the way she's talking with her like accent, you know, like same language, same yeah, yeah all of it. Yep. So like flashback, almost. right? Yeah, and so it seems it, and this is where like that idea of her being part of the mind control, like her feeding into whatever's controlling her, and and it's kind of turning her into what she was before. Um, Do you think it's possible? Like I was saying to you in, in our conversation earlier today and, and before that, do you think it's possible that there's actually like a separation between that energy that compri- that comprises the force field, right? Or the barrier. Do you think it's possible that, um, that, those, that those two entities are, are, are different? Like that, that, that the, that the barrier and the energy that that covers the whole town and everything, um, that 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 allows you to come and go, um, is a is a separate thing from Wanda. Yeah, and and you can tell. I think that's like the idea that they're going for too. When she goes back in and she like opens it up and it turns red yeah, instead yeah. of it being blue. Yeah, it yeah. she had to kind of like it was a process, right? So. It, it, it is that kind of question of whether or not she can even take it down, even if she wanted to, she had you to know, mission almost to be able to like go back in. She had to use that power and like, yeah, cause it's not even like she can just walk through it like a little, like a portal or something. Like she, no, had, she had to, to like, she had to open the door it. that we could yeah. see. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and, and almost, you could see with her gesture, that's what she did. Yeah. Um, but, um, Unfortunately, I wish they would have showed the audio that they did when Monica Rambeau got sucked in, because in this ver- in this in this situation, um, I think Wanda was too far away for us to be able to get like good audio of yeah. the sounds and everything that come off of that field. Right, but you know what I'm talking about about back in um, episode three when uh, Monica gets sucked in there. There was that moment where you really heard all these different sounds and chatters and everything yeah. emanating off of the force field. And it really brings home to me the fact that I don't know how this will play out later in the show if, if they'll pay this off or not. But I get this strong feeling that um, either Wanda herself or or the or whoever's behind this whole thing or or this force field energy wanted monica rambeau in it right something about monica was wanted in there like you know what i mean yeah because and like to go with your point like she got sucked in like she got sucked in like her it took her right and with when the guy that was trying to go through the force field went in it felt like he had to like push through you know yes he just threw it Right. He was, he had to like, kind of like get through it a little bit and it did like bend around him when it was Mm -hmm. like, when we saw him walk through and change as he was going through, like he had to like 
push through a little bit, whereas Monica was like sucked in. Like so there is like yeah, like they yeah. directly like before Wanda even got before Monica even got like she didn't even she actually was a distance from the barrier. She just touched it. Right. It pulled her in directly. Yeah. From there. Like it wanted her in there. Right. So it's, it's yeah, it's another for what, though. Like what, like right. for what, what, for what presence, for what point? Like, yeah. And it's a good question because at this point we obviously don't, we don't know if it was, if it was Wanda's intention to bring somebody in, you know, or if it was somebody else's plan to bring her in, you know? I mean, why um, would this don't want her in there? You know what I mean? Like, the only the only thing that I can think of, like when you're if you're talking about somebody else, like trying to bring her in is creating a, is if they're trying to bring Wanda to the Scarlet Witch, who is like obscenely powerful and they want to use her if they want to manipulate and use her like they are with like the universe, like giving her what she wants. The only thing that I can think of is if they want to if it's mephisto and he wants to use her as his weapon or his tool is utilizing her fears against her so bringing in uh uh an agent from uh sword and disrupting it and when it gets disrupted she gets thrown like Wanda throws her back oh, out and then they have purpose, purposeful. Yeah. Friction. And now they have sword working against her and trying to end uh, this and they're creating, her, giving yeah. her, yes, giving yeah. her, giving her, giving, giving her something to, to, to defend against, to, to, feel yeah. like to protect, you know, right. What she against you. And I mean, exactly. Um, you know, yeah. uh, and if you think about it, um, you know, what what Mephisto or Nightmare could want could be multiple things. It could be they want the twins for what they're capable of. You know what right. I mean? Um, and it could also be that I hadn't really thought about this, but it could also be that for whatever reason, Mephisto wants there to be the multiverse of madness. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he wants Wanda to like go off the rocker and explode you know what right. i mean um and for what purpose i don't know but maybe maybe just to like offset the universe and create chaos yeah. to the point where it allows him to you know gain something you know what i mean or achieve yeah something. yeah and, and and it could just be it could just be like uh like in the dark night when he said like when uh Michael Caine is like some men just want to watch the world burn. Yeah. It could be like that kind of idea where he is he is like evil incarnate and he might ha- he there could be an uh, a grudge that he has where he's just like I'm going to I'm going to end it all kind of thing or I want the power and I need to he's I need destruction. But, but he's strategic. Exactly. And I think that's why this is so um, that idea of him manipulating uh, Wanda's emotions and bringing in an enemy, like you said, to defend her territory that I think if they, if he ends up taking the kids, he's going to play it off. Like they took the kids. Yes. And she's going to become like the Scarlet witch, like the like actual, like, like all powerful, like 
that kind of thing. What if Hayward is a part of that whole thing and he's actually goading her on purpose to try to get her to go off her rocker? He could be. And that, and that's another aspect is, is anybody outside of the hex being uh, influenced by like he's whoever. doing purposely stupid things like sending the, you know, like shooting a rocket at her, at her right. everything, knowing that's going to do nothing to her. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. We're just swatted away like nothing. Right. She's provoking, he's provoking her on, t- on purpose. At that point, he very well could be being mind controlled as well. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look at how like, um, look at how simple minded he's acting, right? You know, like, um, it's almost like there's no room for doubt with him. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. And at that point, uh, maybe he's Mephisto. You that, know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's multiple people who could be Mephisto at this point. You know right. what I mean? Um, and um, you know. I do literally think now, now that we've talked about it and everything, and we've gotten to this point and and come to this realization, I do think there's definitely some credence to the idea that there, that, that, that sword is being set up as the antagonist for Wanda in order to, again, like you said, in order to create enemies for her and in in order to then be able to shift the blame and gaslight. And then when Nightmare or when Mephisto takes the twins, they just simply implant in her mind that it was Sword that did it. You know what I'm right. saying? And um, at that point, she becomes pissed off at, you know, Sword and like the whole, you know, reality. You know what I mean? Outside of like her little pocket dimension. Um, and, you know, like um, what if – what if um, – what if the the mayhem that come from that comes from the multiverse of madness and like whatever crazy stuff that's going to happen with the multiverse in Spider-Man 3, what if Mephisto and what if Nightmare want to feed off of the fear and the like um you know the the devastation and the anger and everything that's going to happen yeah during all that. You know what yeah. I mean? No, that's like and that's that's kind of where my mind is at where they're kind of setting up these ideas and i think making wanda turn into the manifestation like kind of like her of the scarlet uh, witch yeah and like being like to the height of her power using her anger and grief and frustration and sadness as that motivator and then creating enemies with the outside world is only gonna enhance the control over her that and her uh, power right and how, is- and how uncontrollable it can be. Right. And, and what if, and what if Hayward is literally, um, what if he's literally being mind controlled on another level? Like it, right. it, even in our reality, what if he's being used as a pawn and, yeah. and all of a sudden before you know it, in episode eight or episode nine, he wakes up and is like, right. what the hell's been going on for like the last month? Because I don't right. anything. you know what I yeah. mean? Um, you know, because it looks like he is just playing, uh, like being played like a fool, like an instrument. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's why like earlier when we were kind of talking about it, it did seem like he's just kind of like, Oh, somebody like, it just felt like there was somebody like above him basically saying like, Hey, like this is the plan. That's what it is. You know, it didn't feel like he was necessarily like controlling it, but he was definitely like, no, there's no other option. And this is how she is. This is who she is. Like, yeah, the whole like, nine yards. Script. like he's following 
steps that he was told to use. Yeah. And, and what about when Wanda comes out and calls him the director? Like, how the fuck would she even know that? Yeah. How would that information have even been told to her? Yeah. And it's because uh, we don't know, like, if sh- how how much she actually knew about sword or like anything like that. So it's like, she'd have no reason, no way of knowing anything about sword. You know what I yeah. mean? I mean, um, you know, I gotta be honest with you, just based off of that, that what we saw from that video of her breaking into sword, I think that she was mind controlled during that whole thing. And she was used to go in and get vision and everything like that and whatnot, yeah. because I don't believe that the Wanda Maximoff that we saw in Endgame would have broke into that sword base. I don't. Right. I just really don't. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, she's a, yeah. she was a logical person, right? Why would, why would a logical person believe I had the power and the ability to reanimate a dead vision? Right. You know? Yeah. I, I, I'm right there with you with that thinking. So it's, it, I think Aaron this is where it gets interesting gonna yeah. pop up when they do the flashbacks to Hydra. Yeah. And the experiments with the Mind Stone and stuff like that. I think that's where he's going to pop in. Mm-hmm. That yeah. makes sense if you think about it, you know? Right, yeah. Um, And, okay, let's go to this last scene. Since, since I really didn't get a good look at it this morning, let's check it out now. <laughs> see, if we, see if we can't notice anything anything different. Sounds good. Yeah, if you bring it, if you bring it back to where they, do you want to bring it back to where they start arguing, or just where wow. he shows up? Okay, I want to go right to this. But why is she so shocked? I think it might be just because it's a new new person. Oh, he does just look like Aaron Taylor Johnson from behind, from the back. Yeah. Long lost bro, get to squeeze his stinking sister to death or what? She recast Pietro? Who's a popsicle? Okay. He doesn't look like Pietro. Um, he does have like the whole eighties. He looks like he looks like John Travolta from uh, <laughs> from uh, what do you call it? Um, Boogie Nights. <laughs> no, no, not Boogie Nights. Oh, group. Grease. He looks yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. He's got that. Um, and like uh, he's got like a Jersey accent almost, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, Wanda's face—it's hard to really like get understand where she's like, what kind of emotions are going through her, her mind because she does look like she like remembers him to some extent. Like 
there is a moment there where she's looking at him with like these eyes kind of questioning, like, could that be him? Like, right. You know what I mean? And maybe at that point, maybe that is somebody in her head nudging her. Right. You know, in the, into that direction. Um, yeah. Vision. Would Vision have remembered what Pietro looked like? Or no, because he can't remember anything that happened before them getting married and everything. Right. Yeah. So, and, and that's where another question of like, can things, can Vision, like in his, can his memory be jogged in a sense? You know, like, can he remember things? Like if she said, hey, remember this, like in, in a theoretical way, if she was like, hey, remember when we fought Thanos? Or not like, remember when, when you... I know, like, got Monica got, like, got uh, Wanda to, like, wake up there for a minute. Yeah, like, I don't know if that can happen with Vision, since he's technically dead. Like, I don't know if that's, like, part of it. And part of him not being able to remember anything before is because he's dead. So there's that question, too. Um, But he had no idea who it was. And even Darcy was like, is she recast? Like, Like, makes a joke out of it. Like, it's part of the joke. But basically what she's saying is like that's not pietro and she no, just like, no because there's no comparison between him right. and pietro they don't look like each other at all right um aaron taylor johnson's taller you know what i'm saying yeah um he's bigger you right. know um and the totally different facial expression to, you know composition um speaks differently you know what right. i mean he had the heavy sokovian accent right um, so it's yeah it's it's obviously like a different person. Like it's obviously it like that they're insinuating that it's a different person. Like they the definitely, they're just like, right. she said, they're subbing him in, you know what I mean? To be a part of the show. And, um, you know, uh, what I kind of wonder is, is like, um, you know, I kind of lost my thought there for a minute. Oh, but, um, so I mean, I guess I can see where, I mean, I'm trying to see where this is going to go. Like, I mean, right. Um, you know, so, you know, now I see where in the trailers and everything, I, I remember hearing that there was going to be a part where the kids were going to say something to Wanda, like, um, you know, Oh, you know, uh, mommy's mommy, uncle, uncle, you know, Pietro is sleeping on the couch or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, that was a rumor that that was going to be happening during the series. And, um, what I wonder is, is, um, basically is, you know, who is like, is, is this Mephisto himself? Is this an right. agent that they put in there specifically? Um, why did Wanda react the way she did to opening the door to him? Like, what about him stood out to her to the point where, you know, she seemed so mystified. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I think, I think it's just, if anything, it would be the hair for me because yeah. he has like the same hair as yeah. uh, Aaron, Aaron Taylor Johnson's like, uh, uh, Quicksilver. So I think that was like her, like kind of being like, like, why are you, why, like he has the same, like, like that look and the hair, like the color, like the way the color is and all that stuff. So it, I think that's why the like she's she, I I think one of the theories could be that she in that moment is kind of like brought back a little bit because she's like where does this kind of end you know like 
she's kind of like putting the pieces together. And that's why it kind of seems like she definitely didn't make that happen because her reaction is not like, look who's here. You know, it's very much like, well, and remember, remember also that she had talked, she was talking to her kids and told them that she had a twin, but right. yet didn't say that he was dead. She said that he was far, far away and that she missed right. which, you know, I don't think that she was lying in that situation. I think that she literally in this reality believes he's alive. You know what I mean? She just doesn't know where or how. Or- well, in uh, the episode with Monica Rambeau being there, I think she does say that he died. He died at the hands of Ultron. Yeah. But, but Wanda, maybe but Wanda doesn't like that and gets angry. Right. You know? Yeah. So there, there could be that like, uh, like why disconnect. would you do that? She said, "You know what I mean. Right. Like, you know, wh- or what did you say? You know what right. I mean. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 So there could be that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's um, true. And um, with Wanda, um, what I think is interesting is that I really um am wondering like where her emotions and where her mind must be at at that point in the episode because you know um. Is she just is she just clinging to the show? Is she clinging to the whole sitcom aspect of the deal and just viewing this literally as just, as just a part of the sitcom? You right. know what I mean? Like, you know, is she that tied into this whole sitcom to where you know, like, she views it as just like a like a guest actor, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's definitely interesting. A lot happened in that episode without question, yeah. and. I mean, obviously, I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens in episode six. Um, in the promo that they did now, I, now I know what I saw because when I saw the promo for episode five, I saw the scene where you couldn't really tell who it was, but somebody was breaking through the, the barrier. You know what I mean? Like to get out, Mm -hmm. I couldn't tell who that was. I couldn't tell if that was vision or Wanda or what. But now I realize it was Wanda the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, um, she seems to really hate Monica Rambeau. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's pissed off at Monica Rambeau. Yeah. Um, and what's funny is, is that when when Vision walked up to Agnes and, and Herb, and Herb started talking and saying, we're, we're all blank because Agnes cut him off and everything, you know, and they were telling vision. She has no home. She's an outsider. She has no husband. Well, then later on in this episode, in the beginning of this episode, you see that Wanda said to vision the same thing. When, when vision asked, where did Geraldine go? Wanda said, um, she didn't belong here. Right. Yeah. But nobody told her that. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> so that kind of and like those little things that we're kind of like piecing together is is kind of clues that she definitely is in the same hive mind, but isn't able to be manipulated as much as everybody else. So that could be like part of it is like she still, like you said, is like drinking the Kool-Aid just can't like the Kool-Aid can't control her as much as everybody else. There's more to it with her. There's more. Right. It's more powerful. Yeah. You know what I mean, and it's and it's being she's being played on multiple levels. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, you know, at this point, honestly, 
I can't say that I can narrow down who the antagonist really is behind the scenes with, with this yeah. whole situation. Um, I just think it's clear that yeah. somebody got to her. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's uh, like, especially with this discussion, we've been like touching on a lot of different theories. And I think the one that I think we're both in agreement on is that somebody's pulling the strings, like somebody's playing puppet master and like these last four episodes are going to be, I think they're, I think they're going to be crazy because this started out like the last stretch of um, the episodes. And did you feel like this was a filler episode to you? No, no. Like I thought this was like, I thought this was probably the most to me, at least the most like pushing along a lot of the craziness that's about to happen. I, you know? I, I didn't get the feeling from this episode that they really packed that much in it to me. Like, right. you know what I mean? It, 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 to me, it really felt like I shouldn't use the word filler, but mm-hmm. I mean, did you get a feeling like this was just a very, very much like a supposition episode, like a building ground? Episode? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of what I mean is like, it's, it's the lead in to all the crazy stuff that's about to happen. So yeah. I think that's like, all the other episodes were like, Hey, this is kind of what's going on. Like, here's the weird shit. Like what's going to happen. And then this yeah. one is like, okay, shit's about to get real now. And make like, it, and, and you're making it more complicated too. At the yeah, same time. For sure. Uh, yeah. Well, Hey, listen, um, Perry, um, I think this was great. I think this is a yeah. good time to kind of kill things off right here. Um, we covered a lot of ground. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, <laughs> You know, um, and um, this is a great first start, you know, for us uh, collaborating together. I really enjoyed working with you. Yeah, this was awesome. You know, um, you know, it's working with you is seamless for me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we have really good chemistry together. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm starting to get a feel for, you know, uh, how to read you better. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah. like when, you know, to um like you know kind of like you know when to step in and stuff like that and like Mm -hmm. when to back off and um you know i hope that i've given you enough time to oh yeah uh to you know to to talk and and, you know and say what you wanted to say about things um you're always welcome to you know to cut me off if you need to you know (laughs) what i mean and and say what you need to say um you know because i i can be a little excited and over talkative (laughs) in times and stuff like that yeah i got you you. so don't don't feel like you can't you know (laughs) You don't feel like you can't use your co-host duties and like yeah. uh, cut the man off or whatever. But um, but thank you very much, Perry. Thank you very yeah. much for joining no, me. You, man. It was yeah. fun. I hope that everybody out there enjoys this. Um, this is the MCU's Bleeding Edge. This is my new YouTube channel. I hope that everyone out there who decides to watch this on the um on the recording that's going to end up coming off of this, I hope that you will please subscribe to my YouTube channel. I hope that you will please um, like this video. I hope that you will please subscribe to Perry's YouTube channel. You have a YouTube channel too, right, Perry? Yep. It's off topic, uh, off topic podcast. Um, it's the same logo as like, mm-hmm. oh, where is it? Right there. Yeah, yep. I, like logo. I do. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. Like so it. when you see that, that's when you know it's, it's me. Um, I don't have the space behind it. It's a blue uh, normally, but. That's just for the green screen effect, but yeah, yeah. it's that. Um, you can even look up if you look up off topic Perry Ramsey. That usually 
brings it to the right one because it goes by the author as well. So, um, but yeah, I have my videos of my interviews and, and stuff right. there too. Yeah. Check Perry's stuff out. Perry's got a podcast like we talked about in the beginning. Um, you know, uh, it is off topic. And of course I have my, um, MCU's bleeding edge podcast, which I'm hopefully trying to connect to this YouTube channel as like a shared type of, uh, deal. You know what I mean? That is my plan going forward, uh, is try to interlink the podcast with this, mm -hmm. uh, YouTube channel to where I can almost kind of, um, have like, you know, connections, between the podcasts and the videos and everything and have it all kind of work in unison and in, yeah. in tandem um, because I don't see many people doing that. So I thought, you know, why not do something different, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, listen, um, folks, you know, you can expect to see Perry with me uh, covering the MCU again here in the future. Our plan is hopefully to uh, branch off from this and hopefully um, have Perry come in as, as I said, as a special guest, as a co-host occasionally, hopefully, you know, maybe doing, um, you know, two, two, you know, two pieces of content a month to start off mm -hmm. and just kind of focusing on the MCU. And hopefully I'm going to have a chance to work with Perry and, um, yeah. you know, be a guest on his show. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, you know? And, um, so, uh, look, you know, I hope that everybody has a great rest of the weekend. And, um, you know, I wish you all the best. I hope that you will uh, please look forward to joining me next weekend. I'm going to have some different guests on. Um, and then probably the weekend after that, I'll probably have Perry back, um, <laughs> you know, and maybe we'll have you. Maybe we'll even have another guest to come on with us at that point. You know, yeah. the more the merrier. So, yeah. Um, so, Perry, do you want to say goodbye to anybody or shout out anybody or anything like that? Uh just uh thank you guys for listening i really appreciate it and definitely go check out the podcast like i know it's going to be a lot of fun and uh once we get you on we'll it'll definitely be a good episode to for everybody to listen to and stuff and i'm i'm thank you for uh having me on i really appreciate oh, it oh most definitely man it's an honor <laughs> it's always an honor to have you i really enjoyed the time i mean time flies when you're making content like this you know it's not oh, yeah. um but oh, yeah. um yeah, man. Thanks for jumping in on this journey for me and doing this spontaneous live stream and shit. Yeah, uh, of course, man. <laughs> all right, man. Well, well, it looks like we're going to get out of here, everybody. Thank you very much. MCU's Bleeding Edge, out.